And uh, it's the long weekend. Come down, check Correct. out. Come check out a used car. The used vehicles are starting under six thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, they're trying to get you in for a test drive, and they're offering $25 gift cards if you just come in and take a test drive. Sweet. So come down and see us. We'll tell you all about it. Can I take what... one in the break, you think? Yes, like... you probably could. <laughs> and come down and see us down here. Uh, Ken Garf, uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. And like I said, 4175 West, 3500 South. And uh, we're really happy to be here. We are. And Never been here before, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, they got the balloons up as well and more of an island vibe. I dig it. I like it a lot. Yep. So thanks to them for having us out here. Like it is, It's Labor Day weekend. And for us in radio business, I, I feel like something, we get Labor Day off. No. It's no. football season, you I know. know. <laughs> Everyone I know I said, oh, have a great long weekend. What long? And yeah. I, I don't even think about it anymore. No. Cause just not but, of course, I, we love it. We have to come on on Mondays and correct. talk about the uh, – talk about the football weekend we have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about today jake but how are you first well, of all i'm doing great how are you good it's your been, kids aren't in school yet are they? they're not in school yet they're still young but it's a good we had a good summer and it's football season now so my wife is has pretty much said hey nice knowing you <laughs> that's what everyone says they I say know. goodbye to all their loved ones during football for me it's more jazz season yours is jazz i say There's goodbye to everyone i've ever met yeah, during the jazz season. Yeah, yours. You're, yeah, because your your deal is when the jazz start up, it's a little more crazy for you. For me, college football season is all over the. And place. you're going to be heading out, and we'll get into it. But you're heading to Tennessee this. I'm weekend. going on the road this week. I'm going to go with the Cougars to Rocky Top, go see Neyland Stadium. I'm excited. Knoxville. Never been to Knoxville. You've been to a lot of road BYU games over the years. Uh, I know this yeah. because I continually cover for you when you go on these fun trips. I've gone to Texas twice. I've been to Notre Dame once. Went to Wisconsin, and now I'm going to Tennessee. Tennessee, did you go so. to Nebraska? I did Nebraska as yeah. well. I forgot about Nebraska. So I've been, I, the I miracle like, in the yeah the Mitch Matthews Hail Mary. Yeah, the thing is, I I want to see some. I call them the cathedrals of college football. And if I can do it, just to incorporate work within everything, might as well have some fun while I'm doing it. Next year, I'm planning on doing that. I'm going as a. BYU is on the road to take on my beloved Minnesota Golden Gophers. Who almost got beat Thursday. Yes, but I, I, I don't plan on them winning very much ever. I still <laughs> okay. root for them. Yes, but I get six it. And I get six it. is a strong year out of the Gophers. But BYU is heading out there next year, so I'm hoping to head up to TCF Bank Stadium for that. Okay. But that's very cool. Excited for you to head out and give us uh, – we may call you up Absolutely. on Saturday to give us a little – I would expect setter. I would expect nothing less. So that that'll be a lot of fun. So we're, yeah. we've got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, BYU and Utah had a uh, they had a game on Thursday night. It had pretty Correct. much everything you expect from the rivalry, except for maybe the closeness in the final score. But there was a crazy rain delay. It was <laughs> uh, it was a fun first half, kind of pulled away by Utah. We'll get into that. Also. Utah State was in a shootout last night, you could say, yeah, against, short, against the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. And uh, about the last second, obviously, turnover at the end. And uh, we'll get into that as well. But it was a fun game to watch. And Scotty G did a great job on the call for that one. Yeah, no, it was it was a fun game up and down the field. Unfortunate, uh, Jordan Love has that opportunity to maybe go down the field and get, mm-hmm. get at least have them in position for a game-tying field goal. And he tosses that interception, and that's just – it goes back to – I guess let's start off with this. It goes back to Utah State over the last decade, roughly since Gary Anderson took over. Mm-hmm. Think of all of these road games they've played against Power 5 teams and have come up just this short. I can name them for you if you would like to you can, pause Well, you for can me. think Auburn, Wisconsin. There have been game after game after game that they have come up short in. And at some point, 
at some point you hope that they come through and can win one of these games because they've just been agonizing. Oh, yeah, they're going to get 2010. the 31-24 at Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma, yes. And then uh, Auburn, 42-38. Correct. Wisconsin, 16-14. USC, 17-14. Yeah. Michigan State, 38-31. Yeah. And, and then last Wake night, 38-35. And I get yeah. that people would say, well, Wake Forest isn't in the same class as those teams. I get that, but they're still a Power 5 program. Yep. And that's it's just a perception thing. If Utah State goes on the road all the way to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, beats up on the Demon Deacons and picks up a win there, it's a good look for them. But yet, it adds to just this list, like you just mentioned, of teams that they have come agonizingly close to beating but have not gotten over the hump, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, they're the... G5 team that almost. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> hey, that's one way to put it. Yeah. So we'll get into that game as well. We'll let you hear from uh, Kyle Whittingham, Kalani Sitake, and Gary Anderson as they spoke mm-hmm. uh, following their team's uh, games, and we'll let you hear from them later in the show. But first, Jake, let's get into it. Utah versus BYU um, ends up being 30-12, to 12, mm-hmm. kind of a close first half. Uh, it was uh, – Nine to six, right at the end of the first half, Correct. because of a missed uh, point after, and he will no longer be kicking. Well, he's going to be kicking off. He'll be kicking off, <laughs> but he won't be. Andrew Strauss, who we're talking uh, about, ended the long, what is hundred eighty something straight. It was the third longest. Afters. Yeah, it was the third longest streak in uh, college football of made point after attempts, but it was snapped by Andrew Strauss. He pinged it off the upright and. He couldn't hit that thing more square, I'm not sure. Like, he absolutely slammed that upright. Yes, so, it's, it's hard to hit that upright. Yeah. In fact, by the laws of physics and probability, it's very hard to hit that upright. Yes. But anyway, so, um, then the second half was all Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we the pick sixes, two of them, the three turnovers, the domination by Zach Moss. There's a lot to get into, but what you were at the game, mm-hmm. what were your takeaways after the game and what you thought initially? Okay, uh, my biggest takeaway is that the the Utah offense in that second half did exactly what Kyle Whittingham would love to do each and every game. In that third quarter, Utah held the ball for nearly 12 minutes and 30 seconds. BYU had the ball for just three minutes at one drive in the third quarter. Then they come out in the fourth quarter, start another grinding drive that they finish off. BYU gets the ball back, goes down, and puts lipstick on a pig with their touchdown drive. And, of course, that weather delay sets in. Well, after that, there was nine minutes and one second remaining in that game. Guess how many times BYU got the ball back after that weather delay? That would be zero. Zero times. Utah yes. went down the field just with a methodical ground-and-pound game with Zach Moss just eating up chunky yardage and... They ground that game out, and my hat goes off to Utah. That's exactly how Kyle Whittingham wants to win games. This is a team that is going to play this style. I think that Andy Ludwig has realized, hey, I have one of the top running backs in the country, and we're going to use him. We're going to ride him to victory. And for one game, it worked to perfection. Yep, I agree. They didn't really need to do much. I I think Tony and Austin had a good way of talking about it. Of the rivalry games, this one isn't super difficult to analyze. Mm-hmm. It was Utah just enforcing their will on BYU. Correct. If we start on the Utah side, obviously the positive, Zach Moss, looked amazing. Yeah. It was so fun to watch. 29 carries, 187 yards, had a 28-yard uh, long, but uh, he was incredible. 29 carries, maybe uh, more than they expected out of him, but they kept him in towards the end of the game. Yeah, they and, did. And um, Tyler Huntley, while efficient, 
didn't take a lot of risks, but that's okay because they got the win. He went 13 of 16, 106 yards. Would have had more. Uh, Keithy drops that ball. Yes. That would have been probably a 40-yard game. Fotheringham also had a drop in yep. this game, if I recall. There were, but dro- drops as, are still an issue. Yes, yes. And, and we talked last week about how um, he is third in college football, at least last year, in drops. Correct. Um, but as far as the receiving core of Utah, there wasn't a – I mean, there was 13 catches, but um, Zach Moss had a couple of them. They did, didn't see a lot out of the receiving core necessarily. Well, you didn't need to. But they didn't necessarily <laughs> need to. But it, you could tell that Tyler Huntley wasn't really trying to push the envelope when it came to throwing the ball, in my opinion. he It was kind of the first look, and if it wasn't there, he was running. and A little uh, bit, yeah. But maybe that's Kyle Whittingham in the back of his mind. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Because that's how he's always coached. But to your point, maybe they didn't really need it because Zach Moss was chewing up so many yards on the ground. But overall, as an offense – I think they're going to need more out of Tyler Huntley going forward, but they didn't need it in this game, and Correct. we saw it. Yeah, there will be there will be games that they're going to need more air, uh, more of their air and attack. And said after the game, game in his yeah. walk-up interview, mm-hmm. still need more explosive plays. That's Correct, and say. they'll need that at some point, and I'm sure they'll work on that. But I, this is just my take on this. If Kyle Whittingham can win every game like this where his defense is turning the ball over, scoring on a pick six or a fumble recovery, yep. he's got Zach Moss and his rushing attack going for nearly 200 yards, if not more in a game. Guess what? I think Kyle Whittingham's just fine winning games like this. Oh, yeah, winning's winning. Yes. Right? Well, but this style, this this is like, this screams, Just this is just me speaking, this screams to the soul of Kyle Whittingham's whole, like, motto of how football is supposed to be played. He he believes in a very strong ga- ground game. He doesn't want his offense to put his defense in bad spots. He trusts his defense to turn the opposing offense over. Everything they did in this game is exactly what Kyle Whittingham wants his team to play like every time they're on the field. And if they continue to do that, I think it's they're going to they're going to have a successful year and no, they did nothing in this game to make me think that, no, they're not the Pac-12 favorite. There was nothing in that game that made me think, well, you know what, we, we need to worry about that. I think that they're just fine the way they are. They're going to fly through the next two weeks. They're going to crush Northern Illinois and Idaho State. But then we'll really see what they're, they're made of when they face USC on September 21st. Yeah, and we'll learn a lot about USC tonight. Correct. The only thing okay. is what I was mentioning, mm-hmm. that I want to know if this was a Huntley thing, an offensive game plan, or is he going to be able to stretch the field a little bit? Because I, I don't know if they're going to be able to win the whole Pac-12 by just running the ball. If, if they, they can, might be able to, yeah, but, but I think they need a little more production. They but need like those I said, drops had, to go away. And he had an efficient game, mm-hmm. nothing against Tyler Huntley, didn't turn it over. I'm just projecting into when we get into Pac-12 play what that will look like. I, I, and I'm with you. I think there needs to be more efficiency and more down-the-field throws from this offense. But I think that... Early on in this game, I think that Utah realized, hey, we can really just pound these guys and gash them for big yeah. run after big run. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if you're Andy Ludwig, why are you trying to show off your entire playbook at sure. that point? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna just play with this limited playbook for the first three weeks. When USC gets here and Pac-12 play shows up, then I think you start opening up a little bit. You can work on the drops and that type of stuff over the next couple of weeks and really get things figured out. You hope ahead of Pac-12 play, but I think. Once Pac-12 play shows up, I think Andy Ludwig's going to unleash a little bit more of what he probably has planned for this offense. Because we've seen Tyler Huntley. He, when he gets in a groove throwing the ball, 
he's very good at what he does. Yeah. He, can, he can get the ball down the field. He can deliver it with accuracy, mm-hmm. and, and he can get it down the field. He just needs guys who are, are reliable. Solomon Enos had that one catch in the game I thought was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, totally. Brent Keithy, if he catches that pass, yeah, he's running for – you've got a lot of green right. grass in front of him. You just got to have guys who have reliable hands. When you throw the ball to them, they're going to catch it and they're going to make you look good. Well, that's a, that that catch alone changes yeah. the stat line by enough where you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, you're like, oh, that's a pretty good. He, game yeah, he would have all of a sudden nearly, you know, I don't want to say he's going 90 yards for the score, no, but, but he's looking at nearly 200 yards passing. Correct. And then you're thinking, oh, that's a pretty nice night out of Tyler Huntley. It so, would it would look better it on the stat sheet, yeah. absolutely, because 13 to 16, that's great. But you look at the yardage and you're like. Okay, that's you're playing it safe there a little bit, but right, that's like Travis Wilson, like sub hundred yard passing, and uh-huh. they still get wins. So uh, but, it's just that's just I don't want to. I'm just maybe Kyle I'm just Whitt- looking for something. Yes, oh, but yeah. I think going forward, that's what I'm looking for. As Kyle Whittingham, I, just the way I know how he is, I think he's totally fine how they won that game. But I do think he'd like to see a little more explosiveness, like right. he said in his post game comments. Those those explosive plays down the field. If he can get two or three of them a game. I think he's totally okay with that, as uh, then, long as things go like how they've been yeah, going. Totally. Uh, and then the defense, opportunistic. Absolutely. Uh, gets two pick sixes. Uh, Francis Bernard, I'm sure that was the one he's been thinking about for oh, a yeah. year now. Yeah, and, he's uh, a guy he who played one. at BYU. Julian yeah. Blackman's one's incredible. He got two, he's had, he's got, he got one last year, yeah. too, so it's two years straight for Julian Blackman. Uh, the, and the defense, I was, it was interesting. They were BYU was able to kind of move the ball on the ground early, mm-hmm. and they were like you were talking about finding those – um, that mismatch with Matt Bushman, uh, but other than that, there wasn't. I didn't see a whole lot out of the passing game. And uh, as we shift over to the BYU side of yeah. things, and maybe we disagree a little bit on this, but I, Zach Wilson, I'm sure that's a game he would like to have back. Other than the pick sixes, uh, well, he had three. He went other... a little bit gunslinger. That oh game. yeah. Well, I and think he... in the second half he kind of had to. They were playing from behind at that right. point. But it seemed that way for a lot of the game. Yeah. And I uh, should have probably had four picks. I saw. I rewatched the game last night, and I saw a fifth one that right. potentially could have been another interception. And so he has this incredible ability to extend plays and find open guys. He's got a great arm. But I think we saw a little bit of that in that game, and maybe it's just because Utah's defense is so good, and it didn't work against them uh, because they were moving the ball, but then when it uh-huh. came down to it, the defense clamped down on them, and they were able to to stop any kind of drives that BYU had going. Well, so BYU had drives that went inside the red zone three times, if I recall, in that first half, one of which they had a third down that probably would have been converted if Talon Shumway holds onto the ball. He drops it. Mm -hmm. Drops were an issue for BYU in this game as well. I do agree that their only mismatch in terms of the passing game is Matt Bushman. I I didn't see a receiver for BYU similar to last year that could get off press coverage and do much. I – BYU fans, you can get mad at me all you Bushman want, but had six it's catches, sixty-two yards, and early in the game, but that was a big time mismatch. Here, here, here's the thing: the second half of that game was so thoroughly dominated in terms of time of possession for Utah, it taints the whole perception of BYU's offense. Does that mm. make sense? Because you didn't see, you saw them on the field twice in the second half for BYU. Yeah, they had true. two drives. They gave the ball right back on a fumble. After that missed field goal in the third quarter, Utah goes in and punches in a touchdown. Then they finally get the ball back, go down the field and score, and it actually looked somewhat efficient. Zach Wilson got a little bit into a groove there. As they went down the field, Tyson Williams finishes it off with a nice touchdown run. But after that, you didn't see them on the field in the second half. So I feel like, call me whatever you will, in the first half, BYU, BYU moved the ball 
they absolutely killed themselves. That snap that Jaron Hall, why, why is he in the game mm-hmm. taking, a, taking a wildcat snap when you've moved the ball all the way down the field? That felt like they were trying to force the fact that they wanted Jaron Hall to play. They are. You but, know what I mean? That, just yeah. that particular one. And I had the same thought. I was like, why, why would you go with this when you're moving the ball? But It, it, it didn't make sense. And it, it wasn't – they just absolutely killed themselves early in this game with mistimed penalties. Uh, they get Utah into that third and a mile. They come over to the sideline, and D'Angelo Mandel grabs the guy's face mask mm-hmm. and gets an automatic first down. When it's third and 27, like – what are you doing? Or in the words of uh, the play-by-play guy, which was really funny, he said third and Neptune. Who said that? Is the that correct? Uh, play-by-play guy. Oh, uh, uh, Nish Shroff yeah. on the game I broadcast. I that was really funny. I didn't hear. I was, he I was, said they've got third and Neptune. Well, they were way back there, <laughs> and then you just go and hand them the ball back with an automatic yep. first down. Some of the stupid mistakes that BYU committed in this game are completely unacceptable for a team of BYU's caliber because if they want to win this game, they want to snap this nine-game winning streak, BYU has to play near – perfect it feels like to win this game mm-hmm. and they were far from perfect in that game yep they needed it and but utah played really well oh I mean, there's no i'm not taking anything away so. from utah that was an absolutely dominant performance on utah's part of it i don't i'm not taking anything away from them i'm just saying if byu wants any opportunity to ever snap yeah. this streak in the next 10 years i feel like you're gonna have to play a heck of a lot cleaner and a heck of a lot smarter than you did this past thursday yeah, i think we saw the the gap is real it, oh, it, I, and they, anybody who and, argues it isn't is up in the night. And like mind. you said, that the fact that they need to play near perfect mm-hmm. to get a victory over that or a victory over this team because Utah is so talented. Absolutely, there is a, there is a talent gap there. There is a chasm between these two programs that's been created by Utah going to the Pac-12 and recruiting to the level that they can recruit at now. The BYU just can't match, and if BYU wants to overcome that talent gap, well, guess what. You have to execute near flawlessly, and they were far from perfect in that game. Certainly. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about this game more later on in the show. Uh, also, yesterday, Utah State, they go into Winston-Salem mm-hmm. and uh, fall to the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest in a back-and-forth game, turnovers on both sides, uh, defensively. It was a fun game to watch, uh, but Utah State comes up just short. Jordan Love has three interceptions on the day. Uh, and, of course, the last one came at the worst time, which is the end of the game. Correct. And, and uh, But Utah State falls. In a game they probably should have won, they should be, I don't, I don't want to say expected to win a game like that, but if they have things that, um, if they have goals they want to achieve, you should probably go in and beat a middle-of-the-road uh, P5 team. Yeah, I just, and they were unable to do so. Yeah, we started the show with this, and if they, it would change the whole perception for them if they were – able to just go out and win that game because like you said wake forest is not considered to be a power in the power five let's put it that way i, I know it's a play on words but it just adds no, to the middle get, of the road there yeah it adds just another yeah. list another notch up another loss for utah when they came agonizingly close to winning this mm-hmm. jordan love i thought played pr- pretty dang well in this game i know the three interceptions are pretty ugly on his stat sheet but two of them were real bad yeah two of them were bad but they had an opportunity to win this game. He goes down and tosses that third interception to, to seal the win for Wake Forest, and that's unfortunate. If you're, if you're an Aggie fan, this is just getting frustrating. I, I, I completely get the angst and the frustration of it. When are we finally going to break through against one of these teams and win it? This is not in Oklahoma. This is not Auburn. I get that. And it's just frustrating if you're an Aggie fan because that was a game that was there for the taking. I felt like Utah State's defense got a little tired in that second half. Uh, People may disagree with that, but I thought for the most part, 
Utah State had their opportunities to win this game, had the ball with a chance to at least tie the game going Big down the targeting field. targeting call by yes. the Wake Forest player who obviously that was targeting. I don't know I, how you, The yeah. crowd's booing. I'm there's, like, there's no argument on that one, I felt like. Uh, he took, um, nearly took Caleb Rep's head off. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, bad. Jordan Love, 33 of 48, three mm-hmm. touchdowns, 416 yards, but three picks. And going against Newman of Wake Forest to himself, nice game, 400 yards, three touchdowns. Jamie Newman that, looked awesome. Yeah, the last touchdown, Pat, where Utah State gives up a big run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tackle the guy at the one. And then they hold. And they hold for three downs. Um, fourth and goal. And Wake Forest goes just a high point ball, great throw. Yeah. Uh, Utah State fails in coverage, and uh, they go up. Then Utah State, of course, drives the field. And... Um, Tosses that interception, Tosses that interception. So, Jordan Love looked good at times. The three interceptions are not. That's probably the difference in that game, other than just the fact that it was at the end. But I would say those three interceptions really played a big part in that. Uh, But Jalen Warren. I was going to say, there was a bright spot there. Jalen Warren, the Snow College transfer, the former East High star. How about, like, Gerald Bright and is the 1A running back two years in a row, and then he's outshined and – Gerald tried to have it. He didn't quite have it last night, but maybe it was because Jalen was doing so well at 141 yards on 19 carries. Jalen Warren showed exactly why I felt like any in-state school could use a kid like that because yep. he is—he's a compact running back. He's five foot eight, maybe 200 pounds, but he runs with force and power, and he showed what he could do. I, I really liked what he showed last night, and it's nice to see him doing that in his first game coming from Snow College. And the Utah State receivers, I thought, played very well. Sayosi Mariner. The Great Utah night. transfer, yeah. Eight catches, 118 yards, had an incredible touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the end zone, barely got his toe down. Uh, Jordan Nathan, six catches, 83 yards. Uh, Savon Scarborough looked nice. So kind of that question mark around Utah State's offense, whether or not um, they would have receivers that can make plays like they did last <laughs> year, I think that was answered pretty well. Yeah, I, you, you watch – how this game went and you felt like okay hey the Aggies have got an opportunity here and they had multiple opportunities to close down on Wake Forest and I give credit to Wake Forest Jamie Newman looked the part he's, he did. A, he's yeah. a big quarterback had a good arm you said he had 400 yards in this game they were very effective their wide receiving core for Wake Forest is very good but I feel like Utah State was just as potent on offense I'm with you. I think those three interceptions that Jordan Love tossed absolutely proved to be the difference in this game. And I know that's an easy thing to point to, but look at it. Jamie Newman, 400 yards, three touchdowns. How many interceptions? Zero. Zero. Yep. Jordan Love, what, three, I don't remember what, how many yards he had, 300-some-odd, three touchdowns, but then he adds. 416 th- yards. Oh, 416, okay. Yeah. And the, but, but those three, three, three interceptions. interceptions. Yep. So that turnovers proved critical in every game. You can go back to BYU-Utah. BYU loses the turnover battle, they lose. Utah State loses the turnover battle, they lose in this game. That stat alone, turnover margin, is more critical than I think a lot of football fans care to admit, but it proves critical every time I seem to watch a game. Yep. So uh, Unless well, you're Arizona against Hawaii. Yeah. Unless, and that was an exciting game. <laughs> Six turnovers, um, you can't win a game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and we'll get into uh, the, the matchups coming up next week for all the in-state schools. Of course, Weber State taking on San Diego State mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, coming up on the other side, we will get into what else is going on right now in college football. It's the first official Saturday. A uh, team that two local schools have their eye on. Are They've closed the gap against another mm-hmm. big-time Power 5 school. We'll get into that as well as some other sc- scores. We'll let you hear from 
the coaches and their post-game comments throughout the day as well. We're here at Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Come down and see Fiat, us. Fiat, come and on. And Fiat 4175 West, 3500 South here in West Valley. If you're looking to buy a used car, it is time now to do so. They have over 400 used cars to choose from, and thanks to record sales in July and August, there's no shortage of clean one-owner trade-ins, and that's a big Sweet. deal. There's only been one owner on the car. It's really easy to want to get into that car. Exactly. Records are yep. very, usually pretty easy to track down and everything. It's a Typically fantastic Typically lower option. mileage and things like that. So come down, check out what they've got. Uh, a lot of their used vehicles start under $6,000. And, you know, they want to give you $25 if you just come in and take a tra- uh, test drive. I'm taking a break. I'll be back. Yep. So uh, <laughs> if Jake gets back, uh, we'll let you know how his test drive went. So come on, see us. 4175 West, 3500 South here in West Valley. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll get into the thick and the thin of it. We'll go all around college football. Uh, some The opening weekend's interesting because you learn a lot about the teams that are pegged to be great. We can prognosticate all we want. You don't learn a lot until you actually see them play. Exactly. And some of the matchups are a little iffy, but we still learned a little bit about a bunch of teams out there in college football. Correct. So we'll get into that coming up next here on the Saturday Show. Welcome back to the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch alongside Adrian Lyons. We've got Alex back behind the board, and we've got Eric out here teching for us today. We are at Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and Fiat in West Valley City, 4175 West, 3500 South. We've got great deals. We want you guys to come by and say hi. Come and pick up some jazz swag. we got plenty. We've got jazz hats, shirts. We've even got the – have we officially designated these – are they – the desk ornaments. Desk ornaments? Okay, yeah. we got jazz desk ornaments. Come on by. Check it out. We are having a blast here today. Just come on by, say hi, pick up some swag. And if you're not, you're driving around, thanks for tuning in. Speaking of the jazz, uh-huh. the release of the mountain uniforms. Okay. Your thoughts? Here's my take That on video this. was really cool. Video awesome. Well done, jazz, um, PR, whatever, uh, social media team. That was fantastic. Not going to lie, Adrian, the purple jerseys, never been my favorites for the Utah Jazz. But... Watching that video, can you imagine how hyped I got watching that thing? I was very hyped. Uh, just the nostalgia factor from those uniforms alone. Really, uh, I'm really excited for them. Like I said, not my favorite color scheme, but it'll still be cool to see them back in those uniforms this fall, winter, spring. Yeah, it sounds like they'll play 11 games. Correct. In them, so it'll be cool. Just so kind is, of like is a. Is this the city edition? Is that what we're calling? Is that the designation? I, have no idea. I don't remember. Mountain what. time. That's all I know. <laughs> Hashtag mountain time. But uh it you know fans uh especially jazz fans they mm-hmm. they love like meshing the old with the Correct. new. Yes. And so it's of, of course there's a lot of great memories for jazz fans in those jerseys in those specific ones. Correct. So it'll be cool to just see them out in that every once in a while. Uh I I love the jerseys that they've had through the years. So uh, of the purple ones they had last year uh the the white the blue they all look clean the yellow or the gold they all look it all looks really clean so i assume these ones are going to look really great too so looking at those i i just wonder are they going to do another um like they had the the court that they created for this color scheme are they doing Mm. a whole nother court yet because there's supposed to be another edition coming if i'm not mistaken because they're switching them out are they going to a third court i don't know it's a fantastic question. That city edition court that they had with the Red Rock color scheme is fantastic. That court was awesome. If they can keep anything in the rotation with that, 
keep that court because that court was fantastic. All I know is the the staff at Viv Smart Home Arena who has to put that together. They are the stars of this. I have because watched they'll them. go from a yes. concert to a day game in about. Yeah. Two hours. It's pretty so, awesome to watch. I've I, seen them do it. Yeah, so it's I do cool. early mornings, and there are a lot yeah. of overnights that I walk in. I'm going in there early to do our do DJ and PK in the morning, and I hear the court being put together. And if you've never seen a basketball court assembled, it's pretty fascinating process. We got a little peek of it with um, that show. What was that TV show where Greg oh. Miller went? Undercover Boss. Undercover Boss. Yeah, yes. you saw a little bit of it. Yes, if and, you saw uh, that, yeah, absolutely, you saw a little bit. But yeah, yeah it's really cool how they can get that arena up and down so anyway if you haven't seen that video go check it out jazz put it out on twitter Please it, do. you know kind of stockton lobbying the ball to gobert and you know <laughs> conley even... tossing it to hornacek and malone donovan to malone so it's pretty cool yeah with a uh, hot rods voice over the top of they it, did so. a great job with that video and that that video alone i think really kind of made me it softened my stance against uh, softened my stance towards those jerseys like i said not my favorite color scheme. It never yeah. really has been, but the nostalgia factor alone, that was pretty cool. Yep, that, Yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, uh, it's time for the thick and the thin of it. Let's go over some college football stuff that's going on today, Jake. If you're out we driving, have an air raid siren because Iowa State, holy smokes, yeah. they can get beat. And uh, <laughs> they might. Um, if you're out driving around, some of the scores right now, number 21, Iowa State is at home, and they are in a tussle. They are in overtime. Both teams have had the ball. Both teams have kicked a field goal. So it's tied at 16 apiece there. It's going into double overtime. Uh, Nebraska, kind of the team that people have their eyes on. Not sure what to think of them as they were terrible last year. A darling of everybody, yeah. it feels like. 35-21 winners over uh, South Alabama. Washington right now is up 14 nothing on Eastern Washington. Ohio State uh, blew out FAU 45-21. Uh, last night, Wisconsin got the big win. Um, as well as uh, who else played last night? Well, you had uh, Wisconsin, and there was another top twenty-five. Oh, Michigan State. Michigan they got the win over Tulsa. Michigan State. Did you see the stat that they held Michigan uh, hold, held Tulsa to in rushing? No. Negative seventy-four yards. You heard me. Negative seventy-four. That's not good. No, that's not good at all. Michigan State absolutely dominated them. I don't know if you stayed up late enough, Adrian. Yes, Nevada. I did. did you see the Nevada win? Yep, the, uh, Nevada gets the field goal to win over Purdue, fifty-six okay. yards from the freshman kicker. I haven't seen that much excitement in a Nevada game since Colin Kaepernick's team. Yes, who did they beat at home? Uh, Boise State. Boise State. Yeah. yeah, for the one of those ones. Yeah, but so that kid had a Matt Gay story. He was the backup kicker. He's a true freshman. He's a little different than Matt Gay, having come in from UVU. But he was not the starting kicker in that game. He goes out. They call timeout to ice him. He misses the original kick, and then it is right down the boulevard, 56 yep. yards, plenty of room to spare, and they upset Purdue. That was awesome to see. 6,000 fans going wild. It was crazy. <laughs> 6,000. Okay, you don't need to denigrate Wolfpack fans that bad. <laughs> no, I'm just, it was an exciting finish, though. Certainly an exciting finish. Yeah. Uh, Colorado got a win over Colorado State. Their rivalry game at Mile High Stadium uh, Colorado there. State looks terrible. They actually didn't look bad. They just had a similar situation. To almost turnovers. Like, turnovers. Lots of turnovers. Similar to BYU. To me, though, when I see that, I think it looks bad. It, well, it is bad because you can't turn the ball over and expect to beat a Power 5 team. It's, it's like the BYU-Utah rivalry. Mm-hmm. Colorado has a decided edge in talent over Colorado State, and if the Rams want to win that game, guess what? You have to play near flawlessly, and Colorado in that game, I'm not going to lie, Steven Montez and LaVisca Chenault, 
I know the Buffaloes are picked to be one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 this year. They're actually going to put the fear of everything into some of these Pac-12 teams because that combination alone, Montez can throw it anywhere on the field, and LaVisca Chenault is near uncoverable. You're going to see Colorado notch some upsets this year. Yeah, I had a lot of expectations on Montez, and I haven't really seen it much, but last night he looked better. Yeah. So uh, right now, an interesting score to watch for Utah State and BYU fans. Boise State right now is up on the road against Florida State, 33-31. to mm-hmm. But Boise State right now is in the red zone. They are on the five-yard line looking to go ahead by another couple points, at least a touchdown, maybe a field goal. This, this game did not uh, start well for Boise State. Uh, Florida State went up big early on here, but credit to the Broncos. Uh, they have come right back. Hank Bachmeyer, a true freshman quarterback, the dude can play ball, plain and simple. And that's been the funnest thing to see is to see them go out and just uh, be methodical and go about uh, their business because they've played not great in this game. But you, like you said, they're now back in the red zone. They already have the lead. They could open it up a little bit more. And to win this game now that it's a true road game, because this game was moved because of Hurricane Dorian. Mm-hmm. They had to move it to Tallahassee to Doak Walker, uh, Doak, Doak Campbell Stadium, excuse me, not Doak Walker Stadium, Doak Campbell Stadium. True road game for Boise State. True freshman quarterback. Pretty impressive showing so far for the Broncos. Another game I had my eye on today. Kentucky was hosting Toledo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were up fourteen. Toledo was up fourteen seven for a while, but Kentucky ends up pulling away thirty eight to twenty four. That's a good win. That's yep. a good win. Toledo's a good team. Obviously on BYU's schedule. So yes, the BYU has to go to Toledo the week after they finish this four game gauntlet against Power Five teams. That's not an easy game to have as your next game coming out of the shoot after you've run that gauntlet there. No, not at all. It'll be interesting. Uh, Washington just put up another score on Eastern Washington now, 21-0. Not all that surprising. The Huskies, I think they've been... They've been expected to be good. Eastern Washington, one of the best FCS teams in the country, but... We all know that that, that level, that, that jump up, can make it really tough to go for, to be an FCS team against a Power 5 team. But ask Michigan because Appalachian State went and beat them. Uh, later on today, number 25 Stanford, they are taking on Northwestern at home. Cal is hosting UC Davis. Um, New Mexico State heads to Pullman to take on Washington State. Fresno State, USC, obviously a game to watch. And, of course, uh, Auburn and Oregon is the big game that the conference has their eyes on because that will prove that maybe the Pac-12 is better than some people think. Because Auburn last year was like, what, the ninth best team in the SEC? Mm, yeah. And they beat Washington, so. <laughs> no, they – you look at uh, this game, and the Pac-12 is going to get uh, derision if they lose this game. And that's, mm-hmm. that's unfair to them, I feel like, because it's only one team and it's one game. But you had Washington get beat last year in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. This game, of course, in Dallas at uh, Jerry World, AT&T Stadium there in Dallas. I think Oregon is itching to really stake claim to, hey, the Pac-12, we're not as bad as you may think we are. But Auburn's a pretty good team, and we'll see how they do. That Auburn defensive front in particular, Derek mm-hmm. Brown, some of the guys along that defensive front, I know that Oregon's got one of the best offensive lines in the country. It's going to be quite the battle there. If they can keep Justin Herbert upright, it'll give them an opportunity because they need him to throw the ball because they don't have their typical uh, stout running back right. for Oregon. Because you think back in the day, LaMichael James, some of the running backs that have come through Oregon, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have that this year. Royce they, Freeman. Royce Freeman, yeah. yes. They, they, need, uh, they need to have Justin Herbert throw the ball effectively to open up the run game for themselves. And also a game that 
the conference needs if you're a Pac-12 fan is USC needs to handle Fresno. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Fresno is no slouch. Best team in the Mountain West a year ago. Beat ASU, right, uh, in yes, the bowl game? I believe you are correct. Yep. They have a new quarterback this year. Jorge Reina takes over for Marcus McMarion there at Fresno State. But Jeff Tedford's done an incredible job yep. with Fresno. And USC, what's the air raid going to look like? Yep. Is JT Daniels really the guy? Do they have the wide receivers to do it? I think USC wins this game tonight, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter than a lot of people may think. Yeah, they're fourteen-point favor, but USC—they haven't done anything lately to I'd make me nev- think they're. I'd never pick USC. Uh, give me those points right now. I'd go put money on yep. that. So, uh, well, Skittles. Skittles, sorry, points. Skittles, you know. Points, you know, whatever. All that. It's legal now. Come yeah. on. Yeah, true. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll keep you posted on some of the scores uh, throughout the day. Coming up on the other side, it's time for technical fouls here on the Saturday show, um, including a team that was valued much below many other teams. That's up for up for sale. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that as well. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit from the back. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. And uh, it's time for technical fouls where we hand out um, punishments, would you say? I'm not sure. Derision. We throw a... Make fun of people. Yeah, we make fun of you for making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of the favorite of the week. There. It's one of my favorite segments. Because I like to fun. make fun of people who do stupid things. Yeah. All right, why don't you go first? All right, I'm going to start off here with the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. Earlier this week, well, uh, most people know that Miller Park has a, has a roof on it, right? Yes. I think most people realize that, of course. Well, uh, they had a storm that rolled in. They had actually opened the roof that night for the game, and the rain came in, and they had a rain delay in a stadium that has a roof. Way to go. What? Yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers had a rain delay in a stadium that has a roof because they had opened the roof that night for a game in the seventh inning of their game against the Cardinals Tuesday night. There was a rain delay. Uh, most people think, okay, well, that's normal, but this has a retractable roof there at Miller mm-hmm. Ballpark, and, yeah, they had a rain delay in a stadium that has a roof. So way to go, guys. That's awkward. It is awkward. It was kind of funny, though, because I saw it on Twitter that night, and people were, like, running out of the stands because I think most people in Milwaukee, you get used to it. They're like, well, if it's going to rain, they're going to close the roof, and we'll be just fine. Nope. They left the roof open and had a rainstorm come through and had a rain delay. Way to go, guys. Way to go, Milwaukee. How do you not see that coming? I, I, How's that rain delay at the um, BYU game? That came out of nowhere. It sucked. <laughs> I got one hour of sleep th- that night. Okay. we got to go into this. <laughs> It's awful. I, technical foul on technical BYU. Technical foul on the weather. Yes. Not often. Uh, well, should we offer a little peek behind the curtain here? Not often do two people on the overnight shifts run into each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, Alex, you're back there. I don't know if you have headphones with you. But uh, Alex was working. Correct. Doing the post game for Correct. Utah. Correct. And, Alex, when uh, you were working, who walked in? That would be, well, another, that would be none J- other than Jake. Jake. Hey, what's up? I'm just here, you know. I can't even believe that, that you guys saw each other. I know. It's kind of funny. Because you showed up for DJ and PK. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I went in a little bit early because that night was just crazy. You, you basically came from BYU, didn't you? Yeah, but it but it was kind of funny. Yeah, to run into Alex when I'm getting there, just arriving to work. I've always joked about that, like after the yeah. um, but it's jazz yeah. call-in shows during the. It's never actually happened yet, but you joke about it a lot. But it actually happened in this happenstance, and that rain delay was awful. Technical foul on the weather because you just had to show up in the fourth quarter of this game and cause what it was a. 30, 40 minute delay. It felt like it was, it was rough. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Anyways, um, I've got a technical foul on the Houston Texans. Okay. Who ended up trading Jadavian Clowney mm-hmm. to the Seattle USA. Seahawks. Yeah. Um, just this whole division between Jadavian and the Texans, and the Texans have just continued to show that they're a weird organization that doesn't really run things well, mm-hmm. and they move on from a guy who. I don't know. I think he's got a lot of great years of college or of NFL football left, and they just decided to kick him to the curb. It does not make sense to me, honestly, because this guy, Jadavian Clowney, for whatever you may think, he has been an awesome, productive football player in the NFL, and I don't get what the Houston Texans are thinking here. Do they think that they have another elite pass rusher in the wings? And they got... Barkevius Mingo and Jacob Martin. Okay, Barkevius Mingo is a decent defensive yes. lineman, but you were talking about you just gave the Seattle Seahawks an elite pass rusher to pair with a guy, a former BYU guy in Ezekiel Ansaw. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, if those two guys come through and produce like they have proven in the past, well, Seattle's back in the elite. Seattle's defense is all of a sudden. We should talk a little NFL later, but we should. Uh, all of a sudden, they're. Pretty good again. And the Legion of Boom has moved on. As a Niners fan, that just angers me to no end. Well, I would worry more about the fact that hey, well, Jimmy G can't throw a football straight. Let's just let's, that's that's beside the point here, Adrian. Come on. <laughs> All right, I got one other one okay. here before we go to break here. Uh, a shirtless NFL fan in Kansas City uh, ran onto the field. Shirtless? Yeah, he was shirtless. He's wearing okay. American flag underwear. You can see right, All right. right there. Look. He actually got tackled. Let's see. Um, Harold Jones Quartray, Cordy, tackled the fan during the second half of this preseason game against Green Bay this past Thursday. Of course, hauled off the field. At least a dozen security guards were chasing him around the field, but then the chief safety, Harold Jones Cordy, actually got him inside the 25-yard line. So he evaded the security but couldn't evade a player on the field. So technical foul to that guy because he's probably banned for life now from Kansas City Chiefs games. And shirtless, like, that's only uh, – the technical foul is only going halfway on your streaking. Yeah. Like, well, if you're going to wear – If you're going to go for it, if you're going to get tackled. If you're going to wear American flag underwear, come yeah. on, show it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's technical fouls here on the Zone Sports Network. We're down here at uh, Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram here and Fiat in West Valley, 4175 South and 3500 uh, – or – 4175 West, West 3500 3, South. Jake. Yes, correct. In West Valley, correct. And they've got this uh, beautiful uh, turbo diesel Ram right in front of us, the 2500. I think we can get you into that thing. Oh, and I I'd, think we can get you driving out that door before I'd, we're out of here. I'd totally be okay with that truck. That bad boy looks awesome. And uh, so come down and see us. We've got jazz shirts and uh, and some jazz Hood or not hood ornaments, desk ornaments and some hats. Maybe <laughs> you, you can, can, you can you make can, it a hood yeah, ornament. Yeah, you can strap it to you the want, hood of your yeah. car. And uh, But more importantly, and you won't get a technical foul if you come down and you talk to the sales team here. Correct. Uh, let them get you into the right used car at the right price. They've got great inventory. I was walking around the lot a little bit before I came inside. 
um, this Labor Day weekend. It's a long weekend, so come on and see the Utah's number one used car dealer. And it's the Clear the Lot sales event. If you're looking to buy a used car, just come on down. They have over 400 used cars to choose from, and uh, they've got they had record sales here in July and August, which means they've had one dealer clean or one owner trade-ins here, and a lot of their cars start at under $6,000. So if you're looking for it's back-to-school season, look to find a used car for your kid, or if you're looking to find a great car for yourself, um, they can get you turned. Absolutely. They can get it for you here. They've got two lots. We're here at 4175 West, 3500 South. But you can also head around the corner to 3500 Bangor Highway. Sweet. I was over there earlier as well. Oh, that's okay. I actually because I went to the wrong place. I came up Bangor and I saw that. And I was wondering. I'm like, why am I passing this one? Right. That I was. I got sense. there about noon, and I was like, oh. Don't see the van yet, so I'm a little early. Because I drove up Bangor to yeah. get here, and I saw that lot, and I'm like, that looks like the place we're supposed to go. And I was nope. kept, my phone Nope, it was not. It was guiding me to this one. So, so they've two got lots. two lots. So awesome. Lots of cars to choose from. So come see us. We've got shirts, and come see the sales team. Uh, we talked to a young lady who was looking to get into a car herself, do a Wrangler. So uh, hopefully she's finding that one as well. So there's lots going on. I'm jealous there's lots of people. Wrangler. Yeah, there's lots of people here to help you. Yeah. So come by and see us. Coming up on the other side, we'll let you hear from uh, Kyle Whittingham, who spoke after the BYU-Utah game, as well as Kalani Satake and, of course, Gary Anderson. And uh, we may get to some reaction to the game from some of uh, the zone uh, zone uh, analysts here yes. as well. So a couple of uh, big packed two hours left here on the Saturday show. That's coming up next here on the Zone Sports Network.